even if it seems like maybe kind of a stretch to be talking about all these other things and then bring it back to Kirby, the person who directed the game has seen a lot of these shows and is definitely drawing on that influence when he starts, you know, looking at a game going, okay, well, what's Kirby's mech going to be like? What is this story I'm going to tell now that is a mech story? I guess it would be super, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to decide, like, is this a super robot story? Robot? Well, it's I guess a, so, because it's Kirby, right? Twice. So welcome back, everyone. Today we're talking about mechs and Planet Robobot. Kirby Planet Robobot, of course, has lots of things that we could discuss in it. And rather than talking about the whole game just all at once, uh, we wanted to focus specifically on the idea of mechs and how the robots work in that game and connect them to just the long history of mech culture within Japan and other mech media and how that informs what eventually went on to happen in Kirby Planet Robobot. Uh, and I know Bridget and Kai know a lot more about mechs than I do. So this will also be very educational for me as well. <laughs> and then for Act 2, um, I'd like to learn more about the other mech-related things that you've been into lately uh, outside of Planet Robobot. But should we start by just setting the scene with some of the history of what the mech genre is uh, and then use yes. that to kind of lead into our conversation about Planet Robobot? Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I can definitely, well, I guess first we should probably define mech for folks because I know there's giant robots, there's transformers, there's, you know, androids. Uh, so what is mech specifically or mecha? And it generally refers to robots and machines that are typically depicted as being piloted by humans. Um and sort of humanoid in uh, their appearance as well, uh, usually bipedal. There's times where the skits, you know, blurred, but generally that is the the concept is they're piloted machines. And I guess if we want to get into the history of it, I guess it would help to start sort of in like with anime itself. An early anime, obviously uh, one of the biggest um, anime back in the 1950s was Astro Boy, who is not a mech, but is a robot and uh, sort of sets the stage for technology in this media and in anime in general and a fascination with kind of robots uh, and technology. And he would be followed up by an anime called um, Tetsu Tetsujin 28, also known as Gigantor in the West. And yeah, that's as in 28 Go. Yes. Right. Um, and uh, this uh, mecha anime, well, this anime technically is not mecha because the robot is piloted not with a, someone in him, but like with by remote control. So it's not quite mecha yet. So uh, in the 70s, we would then get uh, anime that is more in line with what we would think of as mecha, with the first like real mecha being uh, Mazinger Z, uh, which was written by Go Nagai, who's famous for Cutie Honey and Devil Man, which were also like famous anime. Uh, right. And 
And uh, this anime would introduce like the first actually piloted mech where it's like uh, it's got like the main character has like a hovercraft that lands on the head of the mech and he controls the mech from there. Then in 1974, still in the 70s here, we would get Getter Robot, which is like the first. um, This one's an interesting one, actually. But this one uh, would get the first combined like mech where it's like three piloted jets would combine and transform into three different mechs, which would each be good for sea, land and air combat, depending on, on the form. And I, I specifically like this one as well. I mean, I haven't watched it myself, but I, I was looking at the mech. It's pretty interesting. But one of the things iconic about it is the drill attack, which is pretty influential in some later anime. And be trying not to scream, Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan, yeah. <laughs> but... But and you know maybe Kirby too. So just just yeah, keep that yeah. in mind for later when we talk Absolutely. about <laughs> Kirby. Yeah, I definitely uh, like while while doing research for this, I saw a scene of a robot coming down with a big drill in his hand, and yeah. even like the camera angle and stuff was very reminiscent of certain scenes that are in Planet Robot. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. And I, I will I I will touch on that a little bit later because now that you're mentioning the drill stuff, like. Uh, a lot of mech stuff, I feel, always has, like, a big giant drill somewhere. And I don't know if there's, like, a reason why or if it's just, like, one of those things. And, um, like, kind of, like, anime and, like, Japanese culture is, like, you know, like, a drill is just, like, an awesome weapon. They're, like, we just think this looks dope. Like, you know, if that's really all that it is, it, you know, we could completely look into it. And, like, is there a history behind this? They're, like, no, we just think it looks cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this could be it. It's, uh, it could be the originally the Getter Robo from the 70s was, like, a really big hit. And people just really like that attack. Especially because, for some reason, this, like, anime was maybe a little considered a little more brutal at the time because like usually they would fight like other robots and stuff but the enemies in this would be like kind of bio Mm -hmm. mechanical dinosaur characters that would be they're kind of like alive (laughs) yeah (laughs) they would just get drilled through by like one of the getter robos um it was like the final attack from one of the uh the forms getter robo 2 would finish a foe off with the getter drill attack and i think this just was like very iconic and it was such like a a hit at the time that like i wouldn't be surprised that it adapted and you actually mentioned gurren lagan which mm-hmm. came out much later and that actually was inspired by Getter Robo. I and, thought so, because of the and, drill. Yeah. <laughs> because of the drill. And one of the writers did write on Getter Robo. Well, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's definitely interesting. Um, and uh, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, but generally, the 70s was just uh, abundance of super robot anime, which is like, to get into it also there's like subgenres of mecha there's super robot and then there's real robot and sometimes these can blend and then there's also other like fusion uh robot shows the difference basically is that super robots were more fantastical and superhero like and they kind of moved more like people moved you know they're kind of just like big guys that punch and it's like a monster of the week kind of thing 
Uh, and it's a bit more fantastical, whereas like real robot is grounded more in like a sense of realism, war stories, um, you know, more human kind of uh, conflicts and things like that and generally moved and were designed more as like machines that people used rather than like this thing that came down from the heavens with the power of like the sun or whatever it was <laughs> right right and it's like i especially like because like i i grew up on gundam and i know it a bit more and honestly what i'm getting ready to say and this is so interesting the fact that you're talking about this back from the 70s and me realizing like wow this completely explains the two different sides of like the gundam mechs because there's like mobile suit gundam and then there's like just like the mech suit and there are two different things most people are like oh it's just a different word no 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 no. there is a difference <laughs> um so it's really funny that you're saying that because uh when it comes to like gundam just just like a kind of quick like preface is it's like there's the mobile suit gundams and then there's um like the mech suits and like one is being controlled via a human it's human and robot like them working um separate you know one's controlling think, can, think of a little bit like pacific rim but besides like the you know when they get into like ah oh, you're connected to the mech that's the other side of Gundam where they like fully connect and that's why there's so many like different spin-offs and like different um like they're all within the Gundam universe but like some are like okay they're controlling the mech separately and then the other one is like okay they're connected to the mech in like a physical emotional whatever realm and I think that's kind of what you're talking about a little bit Bridget is it's like there's kind of like a split well, well, Gundam is so big with so many series and uh, and uh, there are spinoffs and stuff. And it kind of has variety even within just Gundam itself. Cause exactly. Like most of it is like mili- a lot of it. The most iconic stuff is just like military stories, um, stories about war um, and a lot of like human conflicts and situations. Right. But then you have something like G Gundam, which is way more in the realm of Super Robot, which exactly. is like more fantastical. It's like these guys get in the suits and they're they're martial artists, and the, the moves yeah, are like, more special, you know, super fantastical. Because it, it almost takes like their, it almost takes the um, emotion and like the physical abilities of the pilot and it transfers over to the robot mech or whatever that they're controlling. And I know like uh, Witch from Mercury is one of my personal favorites. And I feel like that we'll have to get into it later because <laughs> it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely differences and that's kind of the big difference at this time in the seventies where it's like all just super robots. And it wasn't until sort of Gundam. I mean, Gundam wouldn't be exactly the first more serious like show with robots in it, but it was like the first kind of big one where it was like definitely more grounded in in a sort of more real realm um, for the most part. Like these were more ambiguous as to like who the good guys were and who the bad guys were. Um, yes, um, sort of. Well, I think it's okay, maybe not. I think Z, <laughs> no, 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 it, no, no, it depends. Gundam yeah. is a lot, it's, it's a lot, 
Bridget, I'm very stoked that you have you have come to the dark side of um, Gundam because it is a whole thing and it is a great <laughs> it is a great dark side. Um, you know, it was funny when I was looking up. You know, okay, what's concerned back to me? Um, Gurren Lagann came up. So Gurren Lagann is my personal favorite like anime. Uh, I actually work with the company that owns the company, and I'm a huge fan of Trigger Studios. Uh, Gurren Lagann was one of my favorites, um, and I do consider it a mech anime because at the core, the mechs are, I would say it's a mech drama. Yeah, I don't think that, I think, I mean, there's definitely mech where, like, the robots are, the mech suits are a big part of it. But there's definitely, like, the genre has definitely evolved and expanded, where sometimes there are entries that are, you know, have mechs, but it's very much, like, about the humans. Exactly. Inner, inner conflicts or personal situations. I mean, Evangelion's, like, a good one, where it's, like, oh, very absolutely. psychological and symbolic. And it's like, yeah, it's got mechs in it, but it's, like, about so much more than that. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if you've seen um, Wish for Mercury or what. Uh, that's probably Not my favorite. Yet. Oh, okay. I will say it is probably, I've, I've seen a lot of Gundam, but I think that one's my favorite because the characters are incredibly relatable but it still has like the great like mech stuff in it like it's 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 just it's it has everything like and i you know i i grew up watching all the different like you know gun shows um and all that kind of stuff so it's like i feel like this one resonated with me the most i think the one that i've resonated the most so far that i've watched is war in the pocket Ooh, okay uh, which i really loved like i didn't think it was just a good anime i just thought it was like a really good film or show it looks good like it still looks amazing like the animation in that still like <laughs> like looks great and i like it it's a self-contained story you don't have to be like like sometimes all this other gundam stuff it feels like maybe you need all this background information you don't need that for war in the pocket it is a self-contained legit war story and uh, speaking of which like a lot of this came out of world war ii as well yes. which i think is worth mentioning that like tetsujin 28 go that was like very clearly in response to world war ii and he was also inspired by mary shelley's frankenstein so we yes. have mary shelley to thank for kirby planet robobot Fantastic. <laughs> um, would have known and this, this, we were like dealing with a, a a country that is you know, recovering from just devastation from World War II and has just had two atomic bombs dropped on it. And they're thinking about these concepts of war and peace and mm -hmm. weapons that surpass sort of all, all precedent that came before it. And it, it makes sense that they're thinking about other kinds of just fantastical weaponry in this world that has just been so disrupted by technology. Yeah, it's both a sort of a, a, a strange new embrace of technology, even, even as it's this very dangerous thing, but also sort of tying it with progress and maybe even pot, like with Astro Boy, you know, maybe even tying it to peace between man and technology. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated, it's nuanced, and that is included in the stories as well in the real robot genre uh, especially uh which kind of gives it like a difference between like those super robot shows where they're definitely like superhero ish and it's just like yeah you know 
Gotta, oh yeah, absolutely. Gotta fight Doctor Hell. Send yeah. his robots back. You know, uh, it's not so very that, ambiguous who Doctor Hell is. You know, good or evil. Whose side is he on? So this yeah. has been fantastic background for Kirby Planet Robobot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Should we turn the conversation our, our... to Kirby now? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Uh, sure. I think, that, um, I think this has been an excellent preface, though. This is kind of exactly how I wanted to frame this, where we're talking about just all this history that's there. And if you go to Shinya Kumazaki's website, he actually lists a bunch of his influences and just like things in popular culture that he likes. He has a huge list of things. And he does have some of the mech series that we've been talking about here listed among the things he likes. So even if it seems like maybe kind of a stretch to be talking about all these other things and then bringing it back to Kirby, the person who directed the game, has seen a lot of these shows and is definitely drawing on that influence when he starts, you know, looking at a game going, okay, well, what's Kirby's mech going to be like? What is this story I'm going to tell now that is a mech story? I guess it would be super, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to decide, like, is this a super robot story? Robot? <laughs> well, it's I guess a, so, because it's Kirby, right? Quite. Like, in terms of, like, inspiration, so you've seen, like, the, it's like, you look at, like, Mega Man. Like Mega Man has kind of a similar like mech situation before Kirby Robobot where it's like, you know, it, it the, literally the mech almost looks the same that the Robobot is. I feel like Mega Man kind of took a lot of uh, ideas from Gundam, like that kind of stuff, uh, even like Astro Boy, that kind of stuff. Um, you look at like some of the special like weapons or whatever and, and you know i talk about gurn lagan a lot you know with the drill the different stuff like that kind of thing i feel like kind of circles back into all of that i guess uh yeah i mean i think gurn lagan aired a couple years but prior and that was itself influenced by getter robo so mm -hmm. i mean it's it's like that drill inspiration comes goes a, a, you know quite a exactly. ways back it's interesting. I believe that there it might be in the 25th anniversary or the 20th anniversary booklet that came with the um like the compilation game for the Wii. I believe there's an image in there um of like one of the early ideas in Kirby was like having him ride tanks or something and then yeah, that just yeah, yeah. <laughs> That. <laughs> yeah and that ended up actually i guess they didn't think it fit kirby or whatever and it ended up being changed into the animal friends oh, um okay but i don't know i i i think in the, in the end they ended up doing it i don't know why they entirely thought that i mean the animal friends you know people really like them also but i think at that time maybe maybe because whatever you know whatever aesthetic leaning they're they're taking with kirby maybe just playing in on the cute cuteness more they they didn't go with the idea but i feel like with with kirby superstar you sort of open the door to science fiction where you have like the clockwork star and mech eye and like the the heavy lobsters you know i think kirby superstar ultra actually maybe added that like um background where it's kind of implied they're sort of mass produced and so there's like technology in this world and the following games would have you know kirby 64 would have like that robot um and uh things like that i guess epic yarn has a has a moment where him and prince fluff also turn into like a robot fighting robot mm -hmm. uh, i don't know that i would call that a mech 
<laughs> but maybe it's weird because they are the mech, but maybe they're also I don't know. It's a little weird. I think uh, cute. I think cute robot <laughs> would would suffice for that. Like it's a, it's a cute robot. It's a cute robot. Yeah. But um, it opens the door to like technology and sci-fi as an element to Kirby, which opens the door to Planet Robobot. But this is actually the first one where we get an official mech because the Heavy Lobster, all that stuff wasn't like a mech. This is a mech. Right. Um, and it's very exciting. And, it, you know, some people, you know, I felt like some, there was maybe some some folks that I had seen say like maybe it didn't fit Kirby, but I think because those doors were open, I think, you know, I, I think it does fit Kirby and I think generally like expands on his powers and abilities. Like it, you know, it played really well to his, his strengths. And I think, I think it's a fun way to kind of like do something a little bit different with Kirby. He's piloting it and he still gets like these cool abilities, but it's just, it's just a different look and i love the fact first off kirby safety first i love that he has <laughs> on with his little goggles i'm like i'm so proud of him i was like look at you being safety first like a good like a good pollo good job <laughs> in a way it's sort of kind of just like a replacement for the animal friends in a way because mm-hmm. i mean it's it's not like he didn't ride things before and get other abilities right um but this time it's like instead of a bunch of different animals that change up things. It's a more concentrated thing that the levels were really designed around. And for me, you know, it kind of worked in a way that it kind of never felt like it it slowed things down as much as like with some of the other like gimmicks of the time where like the ultra abilities sort of kind of paused everything to and you know, things like that or the um, hyper Nova ability in triple deluxe. Uh, I had an interesting conversation actually today with my friend about it too, where he was like, you know, he played the majority of, of Planet Robobot and he's, he, he said that, uh, you know, the, the power to get into the robot uh, armor is cool, but it's sort of an expansion of kind of what Kirby already does, which is just grab an enemy's ability and use it against them. Uh Whereas he commented on Forgotten Land kind of being like the reverse of that, where Kirby consumes the item and it's sort of like the <laughs> vending machine is like piloting Kirby. And <laughs> I really like that perspective on it because I love I, that too. That's so funny. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what this one, like the metal thing is inside of you instead of you being in the metal thing. Yeah, it's like reverse. I love it. Yeah. There so, aren't a lot of mechas where the teenager just like unhinges his jaw and the whole Gundam like goes inside of him. Yikes, yeah. And probably for good reason, I gotta say. Yeah, I don't know I if I want to watch that. <laughs> or maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> I also want to add too that I was disappointed I didn't catch this before our Revenge of Meta Knight conversation um, with the heavy lobster. Where do you know what the heavy lobster is called in German? No, it's the Crabinator. <laughs> Shut up! You're kidding yeah. me. It's the Crabinator. <laughs> that was criminal to leave out. I also I want to that. echo what you were saying too about. Um, the Robobot maybe being a little bit more seamlessly integrated into the rest of the gameplay, where I had the same thought that you had, Bridget, where I like the super abilities from Kirby's Return to Dreamland. I like Hypernova, 
But I think both of those seem like they were a little bit one note in a way where they came up with these interesting spectacles, but then they weren't necessarily that fun to keep doing over and over and over again. Uh, where like the action does pause for you to do this dramatic thing and then you kind of walk forward more and you have the screen filling attack and they work it into puzzles and they, they do little clever things with it. But the, the robot just seems a lot more fun to use, I think. You still feel like you're playing the game, like the action doesn't stop for you to do something special and powerful. You just keep going and it feels like uh, just a, a new way to play not a gimmick is what you're kind of saying like it it does like flow into and when i you know from... well i i consider it a gimmick but i consider it a good gimmick okay that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> it's a good gimmick like it's it's super fun to play um when i played like robobot like i was having a ton of fun just like just yeah utilizing it and it's like a lot of people I, maybe i'm wrong but i feel like a lot of people thought it was like ah this is like a cheat like using the robobot like and i'm like but it's part of the game like it's supposed to be but they're like it makes it easy and i'm like well kirby games are supposed to be fun like <laughs> yeah you know? i don't think it makes it as easy as the super abilities did exactly for example like you still have to really work for things you can still take damage you get these interesting attacks but the the robobot is countered by the fact that it like it's not as agile as kirby is and they have kind of limited move sets like they don't necessarily need more moves than they have because they're pretty powerful but they they do kind of one thing really well but you still have incentive to maybe get out of the robot sometimes or you can't use it for a lot of the level right you get it for these specific sections to do specific things and then right. it doesn't fit through the gap or something so kirby has to go back to being on his own again so it i, I don't know i felt like they did yeah. counterbalance some of that that power that it had what are your favorite Robobots of the different armor types? Mm. I think I like the um, the psychic one. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I like that. Well, I like purple, so I just think it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally, I was like, she's going to say all the ones that I love, and that was the other one I loved a lot. Was that one? Because I was like, I just like purple. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that not good enough reason to like something it's yeah like, i like star powers and video games in general so yeah yeah no i loved it i do like its color yeah. the most too yes <laughs> okay we can all agree kirby conversation podcast agrees yeah, yeah. <laughs> that purple <laughs> robobot is the best robobot i actually yeah, i like PSP. the music one too mm -hmm. Ooh, that yeah, is the music one's yeah. really fun yeah, I like it makes with different, the spark like, one. Attacks. Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, the music one. I feel like you have little different levels of attacks, and like it kind of plays like yeah, you know, different. I don't know. I think if you keep hitting it too, it kind of plays like a song. I don't know. It's it's just fun. You don't get into like way later. So when you get it, you're like, whoa, this is like a Robobot also. <laughs> like of you're all right. the abilities, <laughs> it's like that's cool. Because it's not normal to be able to use Mike that fluidly, right? Yeah. Normally that's the power you only get a few times. And to see it fleshed out into like an alternate idea of what that ability could look like is really cool. I uh, like with the Spark one, where I find a lot of them really fun to use. So I don't know that I necessarily like the abilities of the Spark one more than the others. But I like how you can see Kirby in the Robobot controlling it and pushing things. Um, and I really like that level of detail. And since the spark one has that rapid fire electric shot, you can see Kirby in the cockpit just like rapidly pushing this button over and over again, just <laughs> slamming on it. 
Oh, it's really cute, yeah. This game has a lot of, like, nice details, too. Which, I mean, I think the other games do, too, of this, like, ilk. Like, this kind of, I don't know, I call them, like, Return to Dreamland-style games, where Mm -hmm. they're basically everything after Return to Dreamland is like that. Like, it's got a, you know, whatever the gimmick is and uh, for the puzzling, and then, you know, your linear levels and your collection for each level. And I, I think this one would probably be my favorite, although I, I like the, the Return to Dreamland remake a lot, too. But um, I guess this one might be my favorite. Um, but I, I definitely like enjoy the details. I mean, I'm also like a big Kirby Superstar fan. And I feel like if you're a big Kirby Superstar fan, like it makes a lot of nods to that game, uh, especially for its climax. It's like I feel like you can further appreciate it by having played uh that game originally even more too because because of the ending uh and uh i like that that level of detail and and throwback it was cool mm-hmm. yeah there's stuff with the halberd in this game that we we mentioned in the last episode too but there's some interesting stuff that the halberd does at the climax of this game yeah also with the the boss which i won't spoil <laughs> just have, you're just gonna have to play it mm-hmm. But it's I like great. how you can get the stickers to put on the the armor too. Yeah, where a lot of Kirby yes. games have had these little like trinkets that you can get, or cards, or keychains, and getting the sticker and being able to put it on the robot really feels like you can use these things that you're unlocking and play around with them, as opposed to just admiring them as a as a gallery of collectibles. I, I'm a huge sucker for that kind of stuff. So it's like when, I, I mean, kind of just in games in general, but especially with like Kirby, it's like. Uh, you know, in a few of the games, it's like, oh, you can, you know, you can decorate his house. I think it's Kirby's epic yarn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, like, oh, just, like, cute little, like, stuff like that, like, sells me for a game. And I don't know if it's, like, part of my Animal Crossing, like, (laughs) like, uh, being able to customize coming out where it's, like, if if especially like even in the latest like you know Kirby game where it's like oh you you know you can con- you can collect these little things and you can do like I'm like I'm sold I will spend a multiple hours trying to collect everything so I can decorate my stuff like that <laughs> that's yeah. like I was like that's I'm sold like that's and it was it's kind of funny because like um uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl uh you had to like collect like the trophies and like the little things like the stickers and all that stuff i was like i have to get all of them or i am (laughs) i am i'm failing as a gamer like that's where my brain went (laughs) and so like with kirby i was like oh my gosh you can add all these cute little things i was like i have to get all of them it is my mission in life i must get all of these kirby things (laughs) oh i definitely did the same too i collected all the uh stickers Oh yeah! Collected all the keychains, and in Forgotten Land, I have three hundred percent files in which I collected everything. Yep, that's the same. <laughs> anytime, anytime I know that there's some little like collectible like trope in something, I'm like, oh no, this is gonna take two thousand percent of my time, and I do not care. I have to get all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on that note. Uh, do you want to move into Act 2 and talk a little bit more about mechs, but maybe more specifically in terms of what Bridget and Kai have been kind of more specifically into themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, to I refer to you we... oddly in the third person. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm speaking to the audience there or to both of you. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what, like, you're wanting to ask specifically to, for us to, like, expand on. Because I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I know that I've seen Bridget posting a lot of pictures of models. Oh, yeah, I, know. I know. you've been playing I, I Armored Core. constantly about it. I'm like, <gasps> where did you get that? <laughs> and so Gunpla, from my understanding... Yes. Um, is that so you have like the era of the super robot genre and there's all these toys being made and then Gundam comes out and it's not initially as popular as the super robot series were and you know it's not as it doesn't lend itself as well to toys and stuff so they start coming out with these more intricate model sets that are designed to appeal to the older audience that Gundam was already for and that was the perfect marriage of physical product to digital product and then these model kits started becoming a big part of the show's culture as well. Mm-hmm. And something that's very much still alive today. And it sounds like you've gotten kind of into making those models, Bridget, more recently. And I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. I, it, I, I got into the model kits because I was getting really into shoot 'em up games and and. and Mostly because I just aesthetically, I'm like real into this, this kind of sci-fi stuff. And I thought the ships were so cool. So I was like, I'm, you know what? I kind of want like a figure or something of a ship. And then I saw that there are model kits and I was like, I don't know if I can build that. But you know what? I'm going to order this cool model kit because it looks so <laughs> sick. So I got I'm a so model. Proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a model kit of the, the, the ship from Rayforce. And uh, I got a plum model kit. I built it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. Like, I want to build another one. So then I got the the ship from Gradius. And I built that. And I'm like, is there anything else I can build? I don't know that I can find more ships. And they're really cool. But maybe I could build something else. And then that's when I was like, um, Gundam model <laughs> kits are, like, a thing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. I think I'm just going to get another must get more uh, which apparently is a common feeling among oh, people who absolutely. get into them that's why it's, when you said you got one i was like welcome welcome, yeah, welcome. to the club well, my life is over no it's good <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine i'm financially well i think <laughs> but uh and i found out that i actually live like minutes away from like this place that exclusively sells gundam kits and i've been going to the shop and it's like it's like gundam heaven in there it's like a big gundam greets you at the door and not a real one but you know a big (laughs) there's a kid they hire to like sit beside it it's like a walmart greeter but it's just like a gundam yeah that'd be great (laughs) and uh i've just been you know every now and then i'll take a kit settle down get a snack relax and just have an evening where i'm building them and it's so fun like if you've never built a model kit you know they make kind of easier ones i actually found that they made a kirby model kit and and this one's made sort of for beginners so it doesn't you know it's not like there's no way you're gonna mess this up if you're scared to try model kit try the kirby model kit Mm -hmm. it is you know anyone can build this thing i find it hard that anyone would mess it up it's a couple of pieces put it together you'll find the joys of of building a model kit yes uh, and then try building gundam 
it's funny because it's like I started with building Gundam kits because uh, it's hilarious. My husband and I actually, st- our relationship started with Gundam. <laughs> oh, how romantic. Um, yeah, we both realized, like, he's like, you like Gundam? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I've been building these models. And he was like, like, he was so stoked. I was like, yeah, I was like, D- I love this stuff. And he's like, so excited about it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like, literally, like, our marriage started. I have been married for 10 years, just for, nice. for this. Like, for, yeah, I've been married for 10 years, happily married to my incredibly nerdy husband who, um, completely uh supports my love of ninjas and robots and all of those things which is great <laughs> and i think that the 10th anniversary is traditionally the gundam anniversary right where you, oh, there, you the there you go uh, now this so, one like, too <laughs> <laughs> so like legitimately like he would get like model kits and he uh, my husband like he's a he's an incredible painter like he's so good at like detail painting and stuff so he uh him and i would make like little gundam kits together and i would get i call them the nendroid gundam they're like the chibi gundam oh the Um, sbs right yes yes and i call them i call them the uh the nendroid chibi gundam Uh, (laughs) i love building them because they're like so fun to like you know it's simple pieces and you're able to like learn how to do like detail lining Meanwhile, my husband is doing like this super, like, you know, whatever Gundam grade that's like super detailed. Mm. Master grade. Like, yeah, master grade. Or perfect grade, grade. Or like perfect grade or whatever. And I'm sitting here with like my little chibi Gundam. And my husband's looking at me. He's like, You're doing great, honey. He's like, Look how you're lining this. And he's he's lining like this perfect, like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I feel inferior. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, they're, they're so satisfying to build. And like, exactly to, to, to your point, uh, the little like Kirby, like little like snap together, like cute. So they, they have those with uh, Pokemon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're so fun, like as a good like base. Like if you feel like, ah, like, I, you know, I'm not going to be good at this. It's too, it's too much. It's too detailed. If I can do it, you can do it like please like get these little snap together kits it teaches you a lot of like how to model build without having to do a bunch of detail painting because when you get into like doing gundam perfect super perfect like any of that grade it it gets a little overwhelming (laughs) yeah the the higher the grade i think maybe like there's more pieces there's uh, more time there's more pieces you get um you get perfect uh it's like a it's a special brand of ink to line um like the the detail crevices and like your gundam to make them look like have like a 3d look to them like there's a whole there's whole science to it and i'm just like oh my goodness i was like this is i just want to build something simple Mm. i'll get to this eventually (laughs) Oh man. No, I built to relax. I like I built a lot of high grades and I did build one. I think it's a real I got a sand rock real grade. Oh, I love um, sand rock. Yeah, it's awesome. It looks so good. Um, and I built that uh, I actually got that as a gift for Three Kings Day. My mom showed up 
spontaneously at my apartment. She's like, get down here. I'm like, why are you here? She's like, it's three Why Kings are you Day. yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you doing here? Uh, it's this early in the morning. She's like, it's three Kings Day, girl. Get in the car. We're going to go to the Gundam, you know, the Gundam place. I was Ooh, like, Whoa. That's, Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I love that. <laughs> yeah, she's she's so sweet and so Aww. nice. And it's, it's kind of funny. I'm like in my 30s and like my mom's taking me to the Gundam store for oh, three no, Kings uh, Day. <laughs> Girl, girl, well, listen. you're never too old for the Gundam story. You're never too yeah. old. Listen, I, I am almost 30. My husband is about to turn 35. And we have literally built my entire career off of toys. So you have nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, that's good. Wait, am I the oldest person here, though? I'm like, I'm going to be 38 this year. Oh, I'm 35. I'm, I'm, I'm oh. about to turn 30. So I'm the baby. My Wait. husband's about to turn 35. Okay, okay. Girl, oh. I would have never guessed you were there. Shut up. I refuse. To believe. <laughs> I refuse. You're never for- too old for Kirby or Marvel. A- Amen. <laughs> I, like- I like the idea of how this show is sort of like Kirby, you know, from the perspective of, of established grown-ups. Yes. Right? People who have spent, you know, a lot of time growing up with these games um, and have had a lot of other life experiences too. I, I really didn't really fall in love with Kirby until I was a little bit older. And it was because I didn't really like, it wasn't that I didn't like him. It was just like, I never really like got into it until like I got the figure. And then I was like, he's so adorable. And now I'm like, Kirby is my life. <laughs> like I have like seven tattoos planned of Kirby. Whoa. Like I'm like, <laughs> like, he's everything to me now. Uh, he's yeah like i he's just he's cute he's sweet and he kind of fits into everything and it's it's for me like a personal kind of thing like i don't know like he just he he just vibes with me like i i really really like enjoy like how much i know we were talking about this in the um in the earlier podcast of just like kirby really does fit into kind of every genre and uh i think that's why like you know i i resonate with the character so much so you, he really does fit into everything um mm-hmm. and it makes him incredibly relatable uh and the robot stuff in in everything in every situation he really does just kind of fit yeah, yeah. perhaps that's why the aesthetic of robot works so well is because the full game embraces that where yes. all the ui looks digital and mechanical and the soundtrack sounds a little bit more digital a little bit more mechanical it's like that whole game is just infused with machinery as a theme. Mm-hmm. And it's it's in conversation with this genre that already exists. That's such a big part of Japanese culture. It, it's really just Kirby embracing a new genre. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think on the topic, too, of being an older Kirby fan, if you have played like the earlier games, like my first game was Dreamland and then I, I kind of played them not entirely in order, but generally, you know, before the DS games came out, I had played a lot of the early stuff. And so, like, in Planet Robobot, I feel like a lot of younger fans, you know, they get the references and they see the references to older games, but for them, it's sort of like, oh, it's cute that this game is doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's another feeling when you grow up with it and you see it, and it's like this real acknowledgement of, like, where Kirby has been and where you've been with Kirby, that makes it like an extra emotional layer. Like there's these 
beautiful nods, not just with the stickers, but there's also like there's like a cute little little like tidbit in one of the levels where it's like if you totally unscrew this one section with the Robobot and keep going until you like take off that whole section, you reveal two Waddle Dees like playing an original super like not super but original fam uh Famicon. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And they're playing Kirby's Adventure, and you get to see like Kirby's Adventure on the screen there, and then also like the 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 ending with the boss and stuff. And it's like, as someone who played Superstar years ago, to see that out of nowhere, like referenced as like a big part of the story or the climax of this game, I'm just like, that's so cool, like. You could be someone new and just be like, "Oh, this is like a weird, like, b- like boss situation or whatever." Yeah, but and for just, like us, we're like, "Oh, this is, it, oh, right, yeah, yeah." But but then you could play it and have a real like feeling that the developers, you know, really acknowledge and kind of been there where you've been, you know, as people who've also probably around our age too, who are just like working on games and also grew up and now are like working on these games themselves. Um, And it's nice. It's nice. So I think this has been a very full episode of mech history. I've learned a ton. We also touched on Kirby and I think we can wrap it up there. If that sounds good with you. Yeah, (laughs) we wrap it up there. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Kirby Conversations. We'll be back again in another two weeks. See ya. See ya. Kirby Conversations is a production from me, Sean Douglas, Kai, Captain Dangerous Parker, and Bridget. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe in your podcast player for a new episode every two weeks. For Kai's photography, Bridget's video game content, and regular updates about this show, You can also follow us on social media through the links in the episode description. We especially hope you'll join us on Blue Sky, Threads, and Instagram. Our theme music is the song Winds of Change by Megan Kello in a new arrangement from Duncan Pixel T. Smith. And our show art is by DJ at drawing underscore lemons with a Z on Instagram. Kirby Conversations also has a Patreon, where patrons can receive bonus content, deleted scenes, and other rewards, including games and merchandise. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again soon with more Kirby Conversations. Can I just say I'm also very impressed with all of these teenagers, too, who are taking on these responsibilities. As someone who teaches a lot of teenagers, (laughs) I don't know how many of my students I would necessarily trust with, like, a giant war machine. Oh, my God. Some definitely I would. Some I would. And then others are like, they're losing their chargers. They're losing their phone books. Like, no one ever shows up like, oh, I lost my mech. Can I have the loner mech today? I don't know where it is. I think my mech's somewhere back at home. That's, I will say, that's just a fun, like, this is one of my favorite hilarious, like, unbelievable anime tropes is when you, you know, it it tells you, it shows off, like, the, um, the protagonist. And he's, like, 14. And he looks like he's, like, 27 with a mortgage. Like, you can see it in his face. And he's, like, he's like ripped and i'm just like dude no this is i have never seen a 14 year old like this like come on like <laughs> war is hell it'll age you yeah, yeah i was suddenly like... you're like look like you're 38 <laughs>